Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 456. In today's podcast, my guest has so much passion and fire and energy, and you are going to learn from him how to make the most out of every day. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Daniel Felt. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Please give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Yeah, I live in Delano, Minnesota, which is uh, west of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am the CEO and founder of a company called Cura Home. We offer two main services. The first one is a home maintenance subscription where we visit your home and we do everything you're supposed to be doing as a perfect homeowner, but no one does. And that includes about 32 different things like softener self-delivery, changing all your filters, all that good stuff. And the second thing that we do is air duct cleaning. I am happily married to my wife, Angie. We have a son who's two years old named Weston, and we have another one on the way. Oh, very exciting. Little munchkins. Yep. Okay. And why I brought you on, I, I love your background and I'd love for you to give, um, you know, whatever you want to share about it, but you, are you still doing the endurance sports? I didn't ask you that. I'm getting back into it. I, okay. I took a little break while I was working on my company, but I am um, very close to signing up for another Ironman in 2023. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now, back to regular programming. Okay, so that's what I, I would love for you to share that because for... Well, let's just talk about it. Somebody who doesn't know what an Ironman is, it's a triathlete for crazy people. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that, like, I'm really just teasing, but it, it's, I'm, I already shared with you, but I'm currently training for my second try, which is just an Olympic um, distance, which means a mile swim, 26 mile bike, six mile run. I think like, that's good for me. For sure. But an Ironman, first of all, I'd love for you to share the distances, what all goes into it, and then just talk about what endurance sports have taught you? For sure. A, uh, yeah, an Ironman is a triathlon where you swim, bike and run. You start out with a swim and that is 2.6 miles. And then you, um, jump on your bike from there. You bike 112 and there's time constraints within all this. You have to get done by a certain amount of time. And, uh, after you bike 112 miles, you jump uh, off the bike and you run a 26.2 mile marathon. And you, the race starts at 7am, you have to be done by midnight. 
and uh, it's it's a really crazy event. Uh, for me, I got into it. I I came from a place where um, when I ran a mile or two, I would sh- had shin splints. It wouldn't work. Um, told myself, you know, you're not a runner, things like that. And then you start meeting people that were like, yeah, I wasn't a runner either, but then I did this. I got a different pair of shoes or I, I overcame it and got to the point where I had, I, today I've ran over six marathons, including an ultra 50 K ultra marathon. Um, I've done 28 triathlons. I don't know how many of those are half, um, half Ironmans, but, um, absolutely just love the challenges that come with doing an Ironman and an endurance event. And, and I don't think you have to go out and be like, Hey, I'm going to go run a ultra marathon to be considered a, an ultra athlete. But the, to your, um, your question, Heather of like, why do it? And I, I think what really comes from it is when you go out and you, you set your alarm for earlier in the day and you get up before the heat and you go out and you run a 10 mile run on a Wednesday morning or whatever it may be. And you come to work and you have this challenge or that challenge, you've already had a huge win in your day of you got this done, but also you've overcame like the hardest part of your day of like, you woke up before everyone else, you got this run done and having a conversation with an employee or maybe a tough customer or just getting your to-do list done all of a sudden it becomes way easier because you already are getting these hard things done. Like the hardest part of your day or your week is being checked off by accomplishing these training runs and your nutrition and your fluids and all that stuff. And ultimately what you're saying is you have trained yourself to get outside of your comfort zone. Yes, a hundred percent. And it, yeah. and it, it, you don't, don't go out today and be like, I'm going to go to a marathon, right? Like I started small. I, I, I started just like you. I, I, I started doing a sprint triathlon and, and I got hooked instantly. I like, I got done with that, that day. And I went and I signed up for an Olympic. And then after I did Olympic and the next year, I signed up for a half. These businesses, they just keep on basically doubling until you get to that Ironman. And believe it or not, there's actually ultra Iron, my Ironmans too that take like days. And, and I don't, I think I'm crazy, but not like insane. I don't know if there's a difference, but. Um, <laughs> so you're not, not, you're not Goggins level. No, I'm not David Goggins. No, okay. not, I, which I love his book. I love listening to him, uh, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not David Goggins. I, there is um, a connection between pain in my brain and I don't think he quite has that. So um, right. I do feel pain and suffering when I am uh, doing some of these, these training runs. You know, the challenges though, like when, when it comes to the, the nice thing about having something different about your, your day-to-day life of like, besides the absolute norm is you have something to look forward to. You have something that you're training on and it, it just overall, it makes your life easier. Like when you're training, and it seems like, like adding this hardship, this one thing, and people make fun of me. Cause I, I'm in like the cold shower club and I stand there for 45 seconds and I'm absolutely freezing cold and it sucks. But like somehow the rest of your day is just more enjoyable. Cause you already embrace the suck. And, and I don't know what it is about it, but it just makes things easier. Well, question for you, because this is what I experienced. I like training for things because one, it's structure, it's accountability, Mm -hmm. it's discipline. And I do really well having all of that in play. And I I would agree. I'm a morning person, just naturally. I like waking up and getting things done and I like going to bed early. That's just what Mm -hmm. I do. But I think I'm, I'm with you that when you get up and you've already accomplished that, it's almost like I feel unstoppable. I've already done that. The rest of the day is cake. Yes, for sure. When you, when you're walking into your office at 7 30, 8 AM, and you've got three or four hours worth of things accomplished before the rest of the world, like clocked in. Yeah. You feel like a champion and it's hard to beat you down the rest of the day. It's almost, it's, it can't be done. Like you've already accomplished so much before everyone else has even, you know, hit the alarm clock off. So somebody who maybe can't relate to our love or enjoyment of 
endurance sports. How would you relate this to, you know, an everyday person that is kind of, here's what I like to talk about is just going through life's motions. And I feel like, man, you're only as Goggins would say, you know, you're only living at like 40% of your capacity. So what would you offer them to, Hey, try something new or what's truly possible? Yeah. I think, you know, everyone's different. Like for me, like that endorphin release of, of getting that workout in is, is almost irreplaceable. I don't, I can't really imagine anything else, but even if it's getting out and and going for a walk, um, another thing that I had experienced that I think is really similar to like checking the box is getting my pilot's license when I was a little bit younger and, and going through that, there was early mornings in that late evenings in that, but the, like the life lessons that you learn from accomplishing anything, maybe you go out and you learn how to play chess. I don't know, whatever it might be, but going through these light left, like these lessons, everything in work, like no matter how many systems and processes we get in place, like with my family, with my growing family, with my growing business, like it always changes. And the nice thing about like getting some of these things is like, you might get a flat tire on a triathlon. Like you might have an emergency landing in an airplane, which I've had both of, and you have to learn how to react. And like life doesn't, it's not just super simple, especially Mm -hmm. if you want to be growing and changing and doing some of these things. If it's learning how to play chess, get your pilot's license, doing these, even if you go out and train for a 5k, like your shoe's going to become untied. Does it ruin your entire race or do you stop, fix the problem and continue on? And Mm -hmm. it, it might seem really, really minor, but getting like the worst part of your day or, or, or experiencing some of these failures in different options, different ways really helps. And what I love about like the triathlon training for that and, and having to schedule out, Hey, here's my nine month training schedule. And I was training for Ironman. I didn't share this with you in, I started training January 2nd and I, in May, I broke my foot playing uh, kickball of all things, completely broke my foot. My, and the doctor who was the worst doctor in the world, I come in and I'm, I'm limping in. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I hurt my foot and it doesn't seem right. He's like, well, took an x-ray. He comes back in. He goes, whatever you have planned the rest of the summer, just cancel it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm supposed to run a marathon next week. I'm supposed to be doing an Ironman at the end of the summer. He's like, yeah, you can't do anything. I go, well, what, what can I do? And he's like, you can do anything that doesn't hurt. Well, for me, I'm like, perfect. Cause two days later, I'm in the pool swimming and I've got this little plastic bag around my foot doing my thing. I was able to bike three weeks later without any injury. It, it felt great. And I was actually running within a month of, of breaking my foot. And, and so finding a way around it, like you want to talk about a curveball, like you break your foot when you're training for an Ironman and, and having the mental power of like, we're going to get through this. And if I have to do the Ironman with a cast on my foot, like I will, because I signed up for it and I said, I'm going to do it. And I don't want to have to answer all these people be like, I didn't do it because I broke my foot. And, and I, the main reason why that, which is crazy and, and who knows why this person was in my life, but I had met a guy who did the Ironman in Kona in the world championship and he broke his foot a month before. And so he literally did have to do it with a cast. So I'm like, if he can do it, I can do it. Like that's, I'm doing it. That would, I can't even imagine how literally do you run with a cast, but here's what I love about that example. The doctor that told you, oh, dude, you better just cash in the entire summer. Mm -hmm. I love the saying, don't let others' limitations limit you. For sure. You had your eye on the prize. You were disciplined. You, You were like, no excuses. You were going to find a way. Right. So how can you share to somebody else, no matter what obstacle or challenge you come up against, don't quit, find a way. 
Yeah. I think the nice thing is like having like little like checkpoints in your life of like, Hey, right now everything's going great. Right. And I'm going to take the next leap of faith here. I'm going to take the next challenge. And one thing that I love about like business is you can always kind of go back to a spot that was working really well. Like maybe you, you know, expand into a different region or you, you know, expand a different area. Like you can always pull back to that. And it's, it's better to try and fail. and know that didn't work at risking that it may fail rather than just be like, no, I'm too afraid to go out and try this because I, like for me, it's not exciting at all. Like you've got to have something that's, that's getting you going in life. So I, I think that it's better to try and fail. And I think it makes a way better story that I, I tried this and I failed rather than like, you know what, you sound really crazy, man. And like, man, it sounds like you're really living life. I'm like, yeah, come alongside with me and let's go do this thing together. And worst case scenario, we have to come back to this checkpoint and say, we, we took a left-hand turn. We should have taken a right. And now let's try and go right. And maybe you, maybe it takes like in a business, maybe you have to recover financially a little bit for a few months or whatever it may be, but at least you're trying it. And you're, you've got a really awesome story at the end of the day, that's you're rocking and rolling. You're trying new things. Yeah. And you, I mean, just listening to you, you have a completely different mindset than I, what I feel most of humanity does. And I'm not, you know, ragging on anybody, but I'm curious, is this something you learned from your parents? Was it just life experiences? Who was your mentor that, I mean, I don't know if this is innate, were you just born this way? Well, I like growing up, I grew up and I have five siblings. So a family of six kids, we were dirt poor. Like we were the ramen noodles family. I remember buying 10 for 10 Roma pizzas. I remember my dad's paycheck came on Friday. It came in the mail. And we'd wait for the mailman to come. We'd take it in the town, bring it to the bank, and then we'd buy groceries. And I mean, that's, we, we were, you talk about like paycheck to paycheck and it was, it was bad. But what I learned through my parents and watching my, my dad actually had bought my mom a dog for Christmas in uh, 19, 1980. And one day the neighbor's dog came over and they had a litter of puppies. And so they sold the puppies, which, you know, for like 50 bucks each, it was like, Hey, this is, this is a lot of extra money coming in. So we should do this again, but more legit. Today, through consistency and overcoming trials and errors, my parents, my mom just sent out a newsletter for business. They have dogs that are going to be puppies that are born this fall. They have a waiting list so long, they actually had to get rid of it. And they just say, we are going to open up our application on August 8th and it'll be open until they close it. And it usually takes three to four minutes for them to close that application out. And they're selling dogs for $3,900. And so watching my parents overcome from, hey, we, we have absolutely nothing. We're dirt poor. We want to have six kids. That's their dream to, we're going to keep increasing the value. We're going to keep trying, trying this with our dog business, trying that mixing in different bloodlines. And today they have a dog that's in such high demand. They literally can't produce enough high quality dogs. They have five to six letters a year and they're spoken for instantly zero marketing. I mean, it's just incredible to see that business. So I would say watching my, my, my parents, my mom and dad overcome these very, there's, there's a lot of stories that are even in within that, that overcoming these trials and everything always ends up. Okay. Like they, mm -hmm. we always had enough. There's always enough food on the table. Do my siblings and I eat really, really fast because if you wanted like the good stuff, you had to eat fast. Yeah. We eat on naturally quickly, but that's, that's part of. So I would say the people in my life, I have a lot of uh, awesome mentors and a lot of people that have taken me underneath their wing and they'll pull me aside and say, Hey, I noticed you doing this in your business. Have you ever thought about doing this? And same in my personal life, my faith life, all that stuff. There's always, I think that it's really important to, to be two people. You should be a mentee and you should be a mentor. 
And so I find people that are younger than me that, that are want to be mentored. And I, and they, they ask me. And that's why right now I'm mentoring two different people that are younger than me, but I have a ton of people that are older than me, way smarter than I am, a lot more wisdom. And I, I actually invite them and I I'll have a meeting with them. And I say, can you please, I want to invite you to speak into my life. And when you see me doing something incorrectly, please let me know. And when you open up like that Mm -hmm. and you tell people that I'm willing to be vulnerable, I want you to look for the errors in my life you would just be mind blown at what people, how much free wisdom and free advice people are willing to give to you just because you invited them to do so. And that's been very, very impactful for me in my life. Well, even what I heard there is you are willing to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't and it's okay to help. And you're right. I think it's a natural human instinct. We want to help other people. For sure. And you're giving back. Isn't that what you, yeah, you said in, in the beginning, well, before we start recording, givers gain. So maybe you can expand sure. on that. But I want to help other people and I like asking for help. And it's this whole process of reciprocation. So can you explain what it is, this givers gain? Yeah, for me, I, I kind of started learning learning about it. I'm, I'm in a networking group. There's 90 of us that meet on Wednesday morning. And I originally actually walked into that group and I saw 90 people sitting there and I thought, awesome, like I could have 90 potential customers. And what I quickly learned is that you don't, those 90 people, maybe they'll be your customer, maybe not, but you need to help these people by figuring how to help their business. And when they realize that you're a, a giver, they want to give back to you. And so it's almost out of selfishness, I want to give as much as possible. Cause when I, when I realize that it actually comes back in different ways and maybe it's financially, maybe it's the wisdom that these people are giving to you. But either way, when I find like someone at one point in my life helped me, you know, let's just say like track your close rate. Right. And then you start tracking it and it starts improving. And so when you talk to someone who's six months into business and like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not getting any customers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll say, well, what's your close rate? And like, I, I have no idea. Well, you should start, you should start tracking it and then try using two different scripts and just keep a tally. Like when you say this, when you answer the phone compared to when you say this and just using these different little nuggets that I've learned over time, they're like, thank you so much. Now they're thinking about you. Then all of a sudden they they're talking to a customer a month later, that's having problems. Like you should hire my, you should talk to my friend, Daniel, his company actually solves this problem for you. And they just want to give back to you because you've helped them. And the more that you, you help, the more that you give, like we love giving financially. We love giving of our time. One of our golden rules at Cura Home is to do one thing extra that the customer wasn't expecting at every single job. And you would just be mind blown at the things that these guys come up with from, we've carried Christmas trees in for people. We've shoveled people's front sidewalks. We've swept out utility rooms, garages, like the little things that these guys look for, you're just looking for a way to help the customer. And they're, they're mind blown. Our guys get so much in tips. The referrals, the main way that our routine maintenance side of our company grows is word of mouth because people are like, these guys gave so much to me. I actually want to refer you to my neighbor because these guys, that's just who they are. We like, they're, they're so helpful. Over deliver for sure. Well, Mm -hmm. and that's what, I mean, I, in my Tony Robbins days, when I hit that gamut, Tony teaches that you want to create raving fans. For sure. That's what you've created. I'm curious. So now that you're a dad and a soon to be again, times two, what are you most excited about teaching your, your littles? I think my biggest thing, Heather, and and you were talking about this a little bit um, before we we jumped on is that you don't have to follow the norm. And, and for my kids, right? Like I, I don't want to sit here and bash like the public school system or whatever, but I didn't learn crap about taxes 
or managing a, uh, my bank wow. account or things like that. Luckily, when I was like 12 years old, my mom actually made me open a bank account and I was helping my parents with the taxes when I was 12 years old. I'm sitting here going through taxes with my parents. And so the biggest thing that I really want to teach them, and one thing that I'm super focused on is actively passive income. So like passive income, let's say is like put your money into S&P 500 and let it grow. Actively passive, I'd say is like short-term rentals, things like that, that you get a better return, but you still have to love and nurture that short-term rental, for example. So yeah. finding ways that teaching our kids about passive incomes, about different, how different income is taxed differently. And, and really, I think the biggest thing that's super important that almost every single person has to be is some sort of salesperson, whether it be you sell yourself to get a, a job during the a interview. date? Like, we're we're yeah. all in sales. And I, I think yes. when, I, when that came clear to me a few years ago, I was like, because a lot of people are afraid of sales. We are all in sales. Yes, exactly. Done. Yep. So that's the biggest thing for me. I, one thing that I, um, a rule that I set at the very beginning for me is that I just, I don't miss dinner with my family. And, um, I was just telling a coworker before I jumped on with you that yesterday I was on, on, uh, earlier on, my son was giving my wife a little bit of sass. I mean, he, he's two years old. Like he just turned two, like he's, he barely even has conversations. And, and I just got down on his level, like literally like nailed down to him. And I was, you have to be nice to your mom. And their little routine when they're doing breakfast, for some reason, he's really sassy to her. Well, like he's not a morning person yet. And he's super sassy. And she said that uh, yesterday morning was completely different after you talked to him. And he literally said to himself, be nice. Like while wow. they're doing breakfast, like he remembered those conversations. And it, it just really justified how important I think it is for parents and, and dads to be very, very involved in your kid's life. Because for some reason right now, like our son listens to me like immediately. And a lot of times it takes two or three times for my wife at this stage. And I'm sure that'll flip flop all over the place. But I think if I wouldn't have said anything, I think he, they still would have had another crappy morning and life is super short. So um, I just really, my main goal is to be involved in my parents or, or my kid's life. And, and the, I start that by just being home for dinner. And sometimes I jump on afterwards, answer a few emails once they're in bed. But that's one thing that I don't miss. And it's, it's really been powerful for me. You know what I like how you shared there is I literally just had this conversation with a client is to nip it in the bud. Mm -hmm. Because like what you did with your son was, mm, hey, man, this isn't working. This is how it should be done or, you right. know, a, a better way of to approach it. Because my example to the client was if a dog pees on a rug and you yell at it two months later. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And so. Yeah you know, that's even a form of procrastination or avoidance. And it's like, okay, just hit it head on. Just do it right now. Just, you know, don't delay the inevitable. For sure. I love that. Yeah. I think that's super crucial in all aspects of your life. Like you can't, you know, that's, that's one thing that I love bringing this conversation back to ultra marathons and, and all that stuff is what I absolutely love about it is you sign up for that race. That's going to be September 1st, whatever. They're not going to move that date for you. Like the race is coming no matter what. And so you can, and you're not going to get today back. So either you go out and you get this train run in and the way that I believe muscles work, whatever, if you skip today's run, because you feel you're too busy or you want to hit snooze on your alarm clock, or whatever, you're never going to get today back. And that's the same for sales for, you know, that, that meeting that you could have had today. So that your employee or coworkers better tomorrow, you're not going to get it back. You have to nip these things in the butt, get up, go out, do the run 
have yeah. a conversation with the employee, with your kid or whoever it is, with your spouse and fix it today. So it's not a problem tomorrow. I, I couldn't agree more. And even I've experienced that lately in my training. Well, I'm six weeks in, I have six weeks to go. I did a 12 week plan. And early on, it was really easy to be like, ah, I'm just going to skip that run. I know I'm a good runner. And then something clicked. And I believe how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. And I'm all about follow through and doing it. And so I, I did have a couple of days of, I, I was like doubling just to like catch up, but I wanted to get ahead of it. So that didn't continue being something for the next 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. For sure. So here's my question. Um, I want to know what are you, do you have a morning routine or an evening routine? How are you creating structure and consistency? Yeah, I, the, I do have a morning routine. Most definitely my alarm clock goes off at 4 58 AM. And that's because I know it takes me six minutes to get out the door and 10 minutes to get to the gym. And once I get to the gym, there's two people that I meet there. And if I do not make it there, I'm harassed all day long. So it's easier just to go and get it over with and, and have that done. I'm also, I get made fun of all the time for this. I'm part of the cold shower club. It's not the entire time, but for about 45 seconds to a minute, I, I crank that thing all the way as cold as it goes. And, and I just stand there and that's a lot of times the worst part of my day. The rest of the day is a lot easier. And after that, and I also know that from the, and I, I don't know why, maybe I'm a numbers guy, but I know that from the time I get home to the gym, so the time I'm back in my vehicle, it takes me about 18 minutes to get out the door. And so very, very structured. Um, from there, I have a ton of reoccurring meetings. I love recurring schedule, things like that, but I do meet with a lot of mentors and a coach and I'm, I, we love working on EOS. So we work on a 90 day schedule. Our life kind of revolves around 90 day things. And I love setting goals and making sure that you're just getting those, those goals done and being held accountable by someone. I feel like no matter where you're at in your life, I know there's um, just read a book about like the trillion dollar uh, uh, mentor even the biggest names in the world have mentors and coaches. So no matter where you're at in your life, yeah. you need someone who holds you accountable. And um, so that's my, my, my morning routine is very, very consistent. And, and even on the weekends when I don't have an alarm, you sleep in a little bit and you wake up, love getting up with my kid. And we, we go out and we check on the garden and we live on a little small hobby farm. So check on our chickens and all that stuff. And we have a, a, a fun time on the weekends too. That's fun. And I, I love how you shared that because you're right. Everybody talks about all these goats, the greatest of all times, Tom mm -hmm. Brady and Steph Curry and Tiger Woods and all these different athletes. You're right. Everybody has a coach. For sure. I love that. Okay. So I have a question because we've talked about a lot of different things today, different angles. What is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? Yeah, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in in being a business owner and 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 a husband, a, a you know family guy, and all this stuff is is to to make little benchmarks in your in your life and your business and be willing to take risks. And the biggest one for me is when we bought our first van. Um, I I had my company my truck that I was doing all the work out of. I bought a company vehicle and I made it so that my technician can go out and do the work solo. And within two months, we instantly, we basically instantly needed a second van because I was selling and he was doing the work. So my biggest thing that is wherever you're at in your business, like you can always go back and it's, and it's worth taking the risk. So you can always sell the van. You can always go back and believe it or not, when you're talking to someone and, and if you're sitting there being like, oh, we had this sales record, we had this, 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 and you're hitting all these numbers. I've found that people actually find you more interesting when you talk about the things that you failed at rather than things that you've succeeded at and spice it up a little bit and make sure that your Christmas card has really interesting things. 
you might have to take a few risks in order to have an interesting Christmas card, even if you don't actually physically send one out, pretend you're going to and make your life interesting. I love that. Make your life interesting. And something I shared with you before we recorded on that note was that's how I talked myself out of quitting my nine to five. And I know there's a lot of people out there in the same boat wanting to start that business or wanting to take that next leap of faith, but don't. And how I talked myself into taking that risk was the worst case scenario. I have to get another job for you. The worst case scenario and buying a van, sell it. Right. So to make your life interesting, take that risk. In the worst case scenario, you'll be where you started. Correct. Love yep. it. Love that. Okay. I'd love to wrap up the interview. So I have a couple of rapid fire questions. First one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Ah, oh, boy, I, that's, that's a tough one. Um, there's quite a few scriptures that I, that I really like, but I think um, back to um, there's a quote actually that's in my office that I say all the time around and it's, you gotta want it. And I say it all the time to the point where it's actually on a map because we're wanting to sell franchises and we have our little locations pinned on there and above it next to our logo is you gotta want it. And you just gotta go out. You gotta keep working towards it. You gotta want it. I love that. What is the book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Yeah, I, this year I am working on uh, 52 books and the book, I'd say the, the, the most motivational book that I read this entire year was uh, 10X by Grant Cardone. Very good book. It makes you want to kick a door down and just take over the entire world. So listen to 10X. If you haven't yet, it's a really good one. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Ah, uh, oh boy. I would probably say that you can never get back the day that that is today. And so mm -hmm. take advantage of it. And um, I think enjoy, enjoy the little things in life. Enjoy the little, the fun little things that, um, that you're granted throughout your day. So embrace the moment. You're never going to get back. Time flies. I love that. And such a great note to end on. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.